You're listening to the Food Freedom Life Podcast. My name is Brittany Allison, and I spent six plus years stuck in diet binge cycles, hating my body, and envying others who seem to have it all because I never felt enough. What I discovered in my journey to food freedom and becoming a registered dietitian is this. You can either live your life at war with your mind or learn to work in sync with it. So if you're ready to learn how to be in tune with yourself and evolve your life, welcome to the show. If you hit play on this episode, I'm assuming you did so because you identify with being a people pleaser in some way. So hello from a fellow but recovering people pleaser. So glad to have you tuning in today. I personally have been on a journey of letting go of the need to do this and say yes just because other people want me to for my own mental health, to create more space for myself internally, and to just support my overall sense of well-being. Honestly, it's also a journey of building the courage to be disliked or to have people unhappy with you. And it's really scary to think that embracing the courage to be disliked leads to greater overall mental health, but it does. And we're going to talk about how people pleasing is actually connected to emotional overeating and binge eating, what that link is and how to break the cycle. Because if you are a lifetime people pleaser and you've been that way for a long time, it is draining you. It is taking away your happiness, it's getting in the way of your life, and it's sacrificing your ability to truly take care of yourself. It's harming your mental health, and honestly, you're probably your physical health too. And I think the interesting thing that a lot of people don't really understand about people-pleasing is that it's actually a trauma response. And so we're going to get more into that. We're going to get into how people-pleasing is impacting eating behavior, how you can start to work away from this place of being a people-pleaser into someone who can really embody that bravery that it takes to say no, to know what we need to support ourselves, to take care of ourselves, and know deeply that we are worthy. People-pleasing is something that is so normalized in our world, and especially for women, it's almost expected. So I find that it's really life-changing to understand how people-pleasing is actually very harmful and how it's damaging our mental health. So I'm really excited to get into this podcast and this conversation. And to start off, let's talk about how to know whether or not you're a people-pleaser. Let's get into some signs that maybe you might identify with. Number one being, you have a hard time saying no to others, even when it goes against your needs, your wants, It's just hard for you to say no. Maybe it makes you feel uncomfortable or anxious to say no. And honestly, you might even not contemplate saying no. In fact, you'd rather say yes. And often that is the default that you go to instead of being in this place of potentially disappointing somebody. And on the surface, this might seem fairly harmless, right? And it might seem not like something that's actually toxic because we're looking at it as maybe being really kind and giving and we're making sacrifices for others so that we can take care of other people. And I think this comes from a lot of messaging around people pleasing that says it's moral and it's noble and it's looked up to when we put ourselves above others, that it makes us a good person inherently. But what's really happening is that it's creating so much internal turmoil and dysfunction and it's impacting our mental health. It's impacting our relationship with food. And we become in a lot of ways, less effective in whatever we're actually doing in our lives. And it's distracting from what our true purpose is. Because when we overextend ourselves, we're not able to be healthy mentally, emotionally, physically. We drain ourselves of our ability to actualize those things for ourselves when we don't know how to say no or we feel like we can't say no. It's just unhealthy. And we have to say it like it is. It's it's dangerous to not know how to set a boundary. It's toxic to not know how to set a boundary. And it creates these toxic relationships too. It's toxic to not know how to say no. And something that I started practicing years ago and I continue to practice and it's sometimes still very uncomfortable and it's not always perfect, but it's allowed me to create more safety and greater peace and more space in my life. For the most part, if it's not a hell yeah, then it's a no. 
And that doesn't mean you're never doing things that you don't want to do. That's just life sometimes. But what I'm really talking about is overextending yourself and doing things that don't serve you because you're worried about disappointing someone or you're worried that someone will be upset at you or someone will judge you. So saying no, even in the face of really good opportunities, is something that we need to practice. Saying no when we are invited out somewhere and it just doesn't feel all that exciting or saying no to our friends when we need to say no to them in order for us to protect our mental health, our emotional health, our energy. Saying no and learning how to is so important. Saying no to your coworker if they ask you to help with a project that you just don't have the time for because you're already swamped with your own work. Saying no to taking on that extra volunteer opportunity if it would encroach on the time that you need for yourself. It's also saying no to yourself too and setting those boundaries. And those are sometimes the harder ones to set. Like, no, I'm not going to go to the gym just because I feel like I should. I'm tired and I need that space to relax. No, I'm not going to spend my only day off doing a bunch of meal prep and making every single meal for the week. I have time to cook throughout the week. This is not necessary. If you identify with being overstimulated and stretched, then it's important that you practice saying no and remembering that no is a complete sentence. We don't have to say no and then justify and give, you know, a million reasons why we said no and justify ourselves. It's just no, that doesn't work for me. Or no, I can't take that on. Or no, I'm not going to be able to make it tonight. Or just learning how to say no and learning how to set those boundaries. A second sign that you're a people pleaser is you're constantly seeking validation and approval from others because you don't have the self-worth and the self-esteem and the confidence that it's okay to be disliked. It feels so unsafe to think that people are potentially judging you, even if they don't say anything. You're constantly seeking the affirmation of others to give you a sense of safety and a sense of acceptance. And if they validate you and if they approve you, then it's almost like that gives you permission to approve yourself and to feel good about yourself. This comes back to weight too. If you've ever lost weight and then you got a bunch of validation from other people, which by the way, has everything to do with their relationship with their own body and their weight, and you feel like, okay, now I have the permission to be worthy. If you're really beating yourself up for your weight as it is right now and feeling like I'm not worthy and I'm not enough and I can't be loved as I am, that is part of people pleasing. And that comes out in so many different ways. It comes out as worrying about the judgments of others and what they're going to think about your body or the fact that you've gained weight. It comes out as feeling like your mother-in-law feels like you're not as smart or successful or whatever else because she has strong opinions about her weight and your body doesn't fit the standard. People pleasing gets channeled into your body image in so many ways too. And I think that's really important to look at for yourself and how that might be happening in your life. A third sign that you might be a people pleaser is prioritizing others above yourself. You prioritize their needs, their desires, their wants above your own without considering yours. Another sign, you suppress your own thoughts, you suppress your feelings, you suppress your opinions because you'd rather just avoid conflict or you'd rather avoid upsetting somebody. It's almost like you're kind of a chameleon. Whatever environment you're in, you just adapt to their beliefs or you try and not stand out because you want to mesh with whatever the thoughts or opinions or beliefs are of those around you as a way to avoid conflict or maybe as a way to avoid upsetting others and to seek their approval and to seek their validation. And when I say prioritizing others' needs above your own, I mean, you need to do that sometimes, right? Like if you have a child at home and they fall and hurt themselves, it's not like, oh no, I can't help you. I'm having me time and I'm reading. It's, 
volunteering for this thing and that thing and going out of your way to host everyone when you really don't want to, volunteering yourself to do this and that, not asking your partner for help because you feel like this is your job and something that you should just do, taking on more than you can handle and doing things that maybe aren't really urgent to do, but you make them urgent to do for yourself. A fourth sign that you're a people pleaser is you feel guilty or you feel ashamed or embarrassed or uncomfortable when you assert your own needs. You feel bad about speaking up and saying what you want or when you ask others for what you need or for support even. You might struggle with feeling like it's selfish, but what this really comes down to is a lack of self-worth, feeling like you're not worthy of asking or deserving of those things. Even if you feel like everyone else in your life and anyone that you love is deserving of it, you have a really hard time extending that for yourself. A fifth sign that you're a people pleaser is that you're constantly overcompensating for your mistakes or for your shortcomings. Instead of just accepting that, hey, I'm a human being and I make mistakes. Instead of taking action, if you need to maybe remedy something and then leaving it be, it's this overcompensation and this over the top exerting so much energy and effort, maybe outwards, but also internally because you feel so ashamed of your mistakes or your shortcomings. Another sign of people pleasing is that you struggle with setting healthy boundaries and there's this inability to set healthy boundaries, which creates this lack of space in your life. And it causes us to feel like we're being choked out, like we have no space for ourselves, no sense of safety. Another sign of people pleasing is that you're constantly going out of your way to accommodate others, even at the expense of your own well-being or mental health and without considering what you need. You're putting other people's oxygen masks on before your own. You might also have a high level of stress and you might be burnt out from constantly trying to please others. You might also feel resentful or angry toward others, even though you're trying to please them. And the reason that you might be feeling this way is because you're not considering yourself. You're not taking care of yourself. And so this resentment and this internalized anger builds. And so to that point, something that's so important and helpful to do is to really check in with yourself around, if I was just doing this for myself, would I still do it? Or am I only doing it because I think other people want me to? And just really trying to only say yes to things that won't become resentful because you genuinely want to do it and you have the space and energy to do it. Because for me, when I'm saying yes, just to take care of someone else's needs, but because of that, it stretches me really thin or it drains me past my capacity, that resentment builds and it creates this really toxic energy and it creates dysfunction in relationships too. And so understanding all the different signs and which ones you can relate to is really powerful for understanding yourself and for understanding that people pleasing is really this cycle of behavior where you're constantly prioritizing others above yourself and you're putting their needs, their wishes, their desires above your own to avoid conflict, to avoid disappointing someone, to avoid judgment, to uphold a certain image of yourself that you find worth in or because you just really want to be liked. You're constantly seeking validation and you're constantly overextending yourself for others. It's really unhealthy and eventually it leads to conflict. It worsens relationships with time and you begin to suppress your own emotions, your own thoughts, your own desires and wants. And that has a really negative impact on both your mental health, your physical health, your relationship with food, your body image. It leads to feelings of burnout. You become emotionally exhausted. The tank is empty. There's nothing left. And it's so important that you begin to understand how to prioritize your own needs, how to develop healthy coping mechanisms, how to set boundaries, even when it feels uncomfortable. And believe me, it's going to feel uncomfortable. 
And what's important to understand is that people pleasing is and can be a trauma response known as the fawn response, right? There's fight, flight, fawn, and freeze. So this is fawn. And this type of response is typically seen in those who have experienced some sort of childhood trauma or ongoing stress or ongoing abuse. And this fawn response happens when you've had these situations where you feel you've had to suppress yourself to manage the emotions of others. It's this tendency to suppress your own needs, your own feelings, your own opinions to avoid conflict. You don't want to upset others. You want to try to appease others. And really, it's a coping mechanism used to try and manage the stress or the fear associated with whatever the trauma was. So in an abusive or traumatic situation, you might find that you have no control over the situation. And so this is really a survival strategy that's adopted to try and please others to avoid further harm or to avoid further abuse. And when this pattern becomes more deeply ingrained, it can become incredibly toxic and it can lead to low self-esteem. It can lead to a loss of identity. It can lead to challenges in forming healthy relationships. It leads to anxiety. It leads to depression and overwhelm that lead to binge and emotional overeating. And this response, it can become even more ingrained even after the traumatic experience. So even if you're not experiencing that trauma right now, right? Like if you experienced it maybe in childhood, you lived in a household where there was a lot of yelling, for example, so you ended up people-pleasing to really try and keep the peace. There may be no yelling in any of your relationships right now. They might be really calm, but your response is still to try and keep the peace and keep everyone happy and manage the situation to control by people-pleasing. I've seen a lot of people-pleasing in myself over the years that manifested for many different reasons from a really young age, and it's really hurt me over the years in so many ways. I never felt bold to have my own opinions or to really speak up for myself, to say when something was bothering me, to say I don't feel good about something, to just say no. And I feel like in so many ways, I never truly found myself because of this. It was like I experienced such a loss of identity and connection with myself and it was horrible and it led me to feel really awkward and not being able to form healthy connections with people because I was like a chameleon. I just wanted to appease other people. I had no opinion. And the reality is people like people who stand for something or who maybe disagree with certain things or who have opinions or who have their own independent thoughts. But I was so afraid of not being accepted or upsetting people or saying the wrong thing or making somebody upset at me. And I wanted so badly to be liked that I just went into people pleasing mode. And in my 20s, I've really tried to do my best to heal from that. And I also feel like I'm still working on it as I go into my 30s. And I will always wonder though, who I would have been if I didn't feel like I had to do that from such a young age, which really hurts. And if you can identify with having low self-esteem or not really having a strong sense of identity or having trouble forming healthy relationships and friendships that are both give and take is absolutely contributing to a disordered and dysfunctional relationship with food. Because the people pleaser who is prioritizing others' needs and their desires is much more likely to feel a pressure to conform to whatever society and diet culture's expectations are around food and body size. And as a result, that leads to food restriction, restricting our food intake in order to please others, in order to have a body 
that we feel is acceptable to others and appeases these unrealistic beauty standards. That people pleaser is likely to feel a lot more pressure, for example, to join something like their works diet challenge. They might feel pressured to kind of align with whatever their partner is doing with food or whatever their friends are doing with food or the pressure that they're receiving from their mother-in-law or their family or someone who's trying this new diet or somebody who has, you know, something to say that's triggering about their body. That people pleaser tends to feel heightened levels of pressure and that pressure taxes the nervous system and further pushes it to become more dysregulated. And when people pleasers feel that pressure to conform to these unrealistic societal expectations or diet culture expectations, that leads into restricting their food and into dieting. And then that pendulum swings, you know, I love to talk about the pendulum swing, but the restriction leads to binge eating as a way of coping with those feelings of deprivation and guilt that's associated with the food restriction and our body maybe not measuring up to some arbitrary standard of what we feel like other people around us hold. And so the people pleaser just tends to be more susceptible to pressure in that way too. And it's not just the food restriction that can come from people pleasing and upholding these unrealistic body standards that leads to dysfunction with food. It's also the emotional restriction that also impacts eating behavior too. When we suppress our emotions and our feelings in order to avoid conflict, in order to maybe be more palatable to others or to please others, what ends up happening is we push down our emotions we bury them, we don't effectively process emotions, and it creates this internal pressure. You guys have heard me talk about this before. But just because we're pushing those emotions down does not mean that they go away. So you've shoved down your emotions, it builds this internal pressure, and that pressure needs to escape somehow. Eventually the lid is just going to blow, and this is why you snap and you have those moments of impulsiveness where you just want to numb out with food. This is your body and your nervous system going, hey, I've got a lot to process, I haven't been able to do so, and we need relief from all this internal pressure and we have to cope somehow. And if we've created this mental association with binge eating or emotional overeating, that it gives us this release, then that's what we crave. That's what we want. And so people pleasers tend to use food as a way to cope with emotions because they don't stand for creating an environment where their emotions are supported. They're always suppressing them in favor of not rocking the boat. And so they feel so uncomfortable asking for support or asking for somebody to listen or telling someone no, because it's going to overwhelm them. And so emotionally, the system just becomes so taxed. And then the people pleaser is looking for an escape to relax, and that can be food. And with time, that habit, that neural pathway becomes really ingrained, which creates this repetitive behavior of emotional overeating. And then another reason that people pleasers tend to struggle with binge and emotional overeating is that there's just a complete lack of self-care. Because people pleasers are prioritizing other people's needs above their own and they're neglecting their own needs, they often neglect self-care. They're stretched so thin so they don't get enough sleep or they don't get enough rest. They don't take enough true breaks where they're actually relaxing and not just numbing. And that creates more nervous system dysregulation. They're never willing to stand up for themselves, and so they're worn out, they're stressed, they're overstimulated, and they don't focus on prioritizing their own physical and emotional needs. And again, the binge eating and the emotional overeating becomes this self-soothing. It becomes this comfort. And it's really, really frustrating when we want to take care of ourselves, when we want to feel good, but the reality is some of the first steps to take care of ourselves feel uncomfortable because it's about setting boundaries to create that space. And I just want to give you permission into this idea that it's okay for setting boundaries to feel uncomfortable. This is normal. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's okay to start saying no. It's okay to start prioritizing yourself. 
And it might feel kind of unusual too for people who are used to always overextending yourself because people don't always see that you're overextending yourself in the first place, especially if that's what you've done for the longest time. They just see that you're no longer willing to do what you used to be willing to do. They don't know the depths at which you become overextended most of the time. And so we have to fight for taking care of ourselves and know for ourselves that it's not selfish to care for ourselves and know that prioritizing our own peace is critical for our health and for being able to support ourselves and our nervous system. If we want to feel better, we have to practice being better feelers. We need time. We need space. We need to start protecting our energy a little bit more. We need to also start asking for help. We need to start accepting help. We need to start saying no. We need to start setting healthy boundaries and developing a sense of self-awareness and becoming aware of our own people-pleasing tendencies, recognizing how toxic they are, and recognizing when we're engaging in this people-pleasing behavior that it's really motivated solely out of a desire to please others instead of just considering our own needs. And prioritizing self-care is so important since people-pleasing is really a form of self-neglect. It's so important to begin prioritizing self-care and making time for things that bring you joy and add fulfillment and meaning and help you get into flow states and things that support your physical, emotional, and mental well-being and build self-esteem. Focusing on building your own sense of self-worth by engaging in activities or hobbies that you enjoy or being around really supportive people who uplift you. Also practicing being assertive instead of totally avoiding conflict. And I'm still working on this one too. And I would encourage you to just give yourself such a huge pat on the back when you practice being assertive. It's not a bad thing, but it's really hard. And I think it has this kind of negative connotation, but it is not a bad thing. Being assertive means I understand that I'm a human being who has thoughts, opinions, needs, and those are valid. So we need to start paying attention to what our own needs are, to how we feel, what our own thoughts are, what our own opinions are, what our body needs, what our mind needs, what our soul needs, and then to express those needs and to speak up for ourselves, to express our opinions, to be clear, to be confident in expressing those things. When we practice that and we practice that assertiveness, it's going to help decrease the feeling of resentment because that little inner you is no longer being ignored. You're honoring yourself you're honoring that you are valuable, you're a worthy person, that your thoughts and opinions and your needs matter. So practice asserting those and asking for them and accepting support. And since when it comes to people pleasing, the underlying cause is so often a traumatic experience, it's important that that is addressed as well. We want to understand what happened and we want to process the experience that led to the development of unhealthy behaviors that turned into toxic behaviors with foods. So being able to address some of those unprocessed emotions or experiences that are ignored, they don't go away until they're appropriately processed. And when that happens, it's such a liberating experience because no longer do we feel like this big scary monster is chasing us when we move through the experience with the support of maybe a trauma-informed therapist or mental health provider or trauma-informed coach. It's such a beautiful thing to be able to be liberated from our past experiences, knowing they don't own us and they're no longer allowed to impact who we are today and impact these toxic behaviors. So with all that said, I want to take a second I got a really amazing message today from a former client and I just wanted to read it for you because I want to encourage you if you're struggling that there are so many out there who have found food freedom and it's possible for you too. And so I thought this would be really encouraging for you to hear. Here's the message. She said, Brittany, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. 
I cannot believe my time working with you came to a close in September because there was a point in my life where I was totally out of control and wondered if I'd ever stop binge eating. I felt so much shame for struggling. I felt lost, like I truly didn't know myself. And working with you gave me so much and way more than I ever expected. I can happily say that I have not binged in over four months now. I have days where I feel good, even great in my skin. I've started new hobbies, I joined a new fitness class, and I feel like I actually have more time to give to those around me. Above all, I have grown to love myself to see my internal and external beauty and appreciate my strengths and skills. These huge changes would be impossible without you, so thank you very much for all that you do. I feel very blessed to have found you on TikTok and will cherish my time with you for the rest of my life. This honestly just means so much to me and the fact that I get to work with so many incredible people and to have people reach out and tell me how it's impacted their relationship with food and their lives as a whole. It's just, it's just so amazing. And I want you to believe in yourself because there was once a time in my life too, that I had this crippling feeling that this was just how I was. And I thought binge and emotional overeating and hating my body was just something that I was going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. So I just want you to know that freedom and healing, they are possible. And if you're ready to take the leap and have a step-by-step system for healing those challenges, if you're wanting all the puzzle pieces to come together in a very clear, coherent, supported way, if you resonated with this episode and you're wanting to explore taking that step forward to find freedom for yourself from food and body obsession, I currently am accepting new clients into my one-on-one coaching program. Working through your biggest challenges with food, body image, and life while having my support, accountability, and expertise and constant encouragement along the way is going to get you to this place of food freedom where you are a confident, intuitive eater and you can implement it with ease. I'm going to put the link in the show notes to book a free 30-minute discovery call with me so we can get the ball rolling. But if you have any questions, feel free to email me at brittanyallison.rd at gmail.com. Every single fiber in my being believes that it's possible for you. And I just want you to know if you feel alone, you are not. Healing is possible. So thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode today. I'm proud of you for looking at your people pleasing and deciding that maybe it's not something you want to continue to perpetuate and live out for the rest of your life. I promise that embracing the courage to be disliked and to say no and set boundaries is beautiful and it will set you free in so many different ways. So again, thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you in the next episode.